0: Welcome back to the Knit British Podcast, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre, and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host Louise Scally. Knit British love local wool. This episode is sponsored by our woolly mucker. Anthea Willis Anthea is Forest Flower 23 on Ravelry she's a knitter, she's a designer I know that lots of you will have met her in the Knit British Ravelry group Later in the show Anthea answers our Willie Mucker questionnaire Anthea thank you so much for your support Hello and welcome back It's lovely to have you around. Grab a a whip and grab a cuppa. We've got a lot to get through today. We are going to meet our woolly mucker, Anthea Willis, and we're going to talk a little bit about wool exploration too. First up, Knitworthy. Thank you so much for your feedback on episode 95, particularly uh, on the knitworthiness of Wanted to mention it last episode, but we had so much to go through last episode that I thought I would save it. Lots of great discussion on knitworthiness exceeding knitted hats for bottles. And lots of great discussion online and also great to hear from lots of you who are making and sending knitted items to those who really need them. Either locally to you, nationally, or actually globally too. I've sent two packages of squares off now to... Uh, knit for peace which will be sewn into dressing gowns hopefully for their keep Britain warm campaign you can find out all the information about that at knitforpeace.org.uk I should, at this point, give a shout out to the Queen of Pearls because next Saturday in Glasgow, Zoe is hosting her annual warm and working day and it's a day for raising money for the big issue and you can also donate knitwear, so hats, gloves, scarves and cowls and they will be given to big issue vendors. And I'm not sure if this is something that all big issue distribution offices accept but it's actually worth asking because there are lots of offices for the big issue around the country um and lots of distribution centers it's worth asking your uh if you're local to one if they accept knitwear for vendors because that's a really that's a really knit cause isn't it so if you're in glasgow or if you can get to glasgow on uh next saturday Uh, At Queen of Pearls, 91 Salt Market, there will also be Ginger Twist Studio, Fluff, Woolen Flower and Stitchy Birdie will be there. And there will be mulled apple juice and mince pies, all for a small donation. So if you can't get there, do pop along. I've been a couple of times. It's wonderful. It's a really nice day. It's a lot of fun and a lot of Christmas shopping you can get done if only for yourself if for nobody else. It's been really great to hear about the way you guys are knitting, making and donating for charity and it's really inspiring. So thank you very much for sharing those um, with us in the Knit British Ravelry group and on social media. It's fantastic. (laughs) November is over for another year, and I wanted to make a mention of the incredible engagement there has been on social media uh, for November again. It's so amazing to see people taking part in the Instagram photo a day challenge, which the wonderful yarn in the city, uh, Alison and Rachel organised this year. It's beautiful to see people using the hashtag November and showing off their 100% wool knits and talking about what wool means to them and, and particularly people talking about how wool contributes to their wellness. Wovember was started in 2011 by Kate Davies and Felix Ford and then later Tom Van Danen and then much later I joined the team and for the last, oh, three years, four years, Felix and I, and we promote Wool uh, and the people involved with Wool um, throughout the month of November. If you have never heard of November, or even if you have, I'll, I'm just going to read out um, our About page because it's good to remind ourselves why there is a November and what, why, why Felix and I do it. So, about us, what is November? The idea is to show our collective appreciation of wool by wearing as much of this fabulous fibre as possible and celebrating wool and its unique qualities in stories and pictures throughout the month of November. We hope that through our enthusiasm and creativity, we can raise awareness of what makes wool different and jointly create a force for wool appreciation strong enough to affect changes in how garments and textiles are described and marketed. The unique properties of wool, warmth, wicking, durability, mean that it's a fibre particularly suitable for winter garments. Precisely because of these properties, the terms wool, wooly and woolen carry a cachet that the fashion industry, particularly in recent cost-cutting years, has been all too ready to exploit. By describing fabrics and garments as wool that contain little or no wool at all, the fashion industry has increased consumer ignorance profiting from the prestige of wool while actually damaging wool and the livelihoods of those who raise, produce and process it. By reconnecting the words wooly, woolen and wool with the noble animals from which that peerless fibre comes, it is hoped that we will be able to end the widespread abuse of these terms in the fashion industry and their misapplication to garments which bear no connection to actual sheep. The word wool refers to fibre, yarn or fabric derived from the fleece of the sheep. It does not refer to the fleece of other animals, nor fibres derived from petrochemicals or plants. The cash value of wool is evident throughout its frequent use in product and garment descriptions in which the word wool is used to conjure up an idyllic idea of the country, green fields, sheep and garments whose principal qualities are warmth and coziness. However, To use the term wool to describe products which bear no substantial relationship with either this landscape or these animals is a misleading appropriation of those pleasant associations. Why should it be okay to use the term wool when the hard work that goes into producing wool hasn't been done? We recognise that the value of other cashy terms, such as champagne, which we expect to only refer to a wine made from grapes grown in the Champagne region of France, or chocolate, which we expect to contain at least some quantity of material found in actual cocoa beans. So how is it that the term wool can be used so willy-nilly? As a general description of anything vaguely warm and fuzzy, Wool is grown over time. Through the husbandry, patience and wisdom of farmers and shepherds, land, diet and a knowledge of different breeds play an important role in the quality and texture of real wool. A detailed knowledge of twist, fibre lengths and spinning process must also be employed in order to manufacture good quality yarns for knitting and weaving. By allowing the word wool to be applied indiscriminately to anything soft, the specific skills, craft and labour associated with wool and its production becomes devalued. Wovember is about recognising that wool is a premium textile which comes from actual sheep and that as such the terms wool, woolly and woolen should only be applied to real wool and not, for instance, to polyester or viscose. Wovember is about celebrating the important heritage and contemporary value of wool through our 100% wool stories, blog posts, pictures, textiles and garments. Wovember is about educating and informing the wider public on the wondrous qualities of wool. November is about creatively pushing the idea that the word wool should refer to sheep's wool only. November is about reconnecting the idea of wool to the animals and the people involved in its creation and campaigning for a clarification of trading standards to prevent further misuse of the term wool. And that's essentially what November is about. And for those of you who follow the blog uh, every year and uh, take part in online discussions and things, it's absolutely wonderful. That's what we, we want. We Again, we're creatively pushing that we promote wool and that people know that wool comes from sheep and that this needs to be celebrated. And we cannot put up with misuse of the term wool. I will say... Um, I am a bit disappointed in how some people have been using the term wool on social media this year to mean silk, acrylic, mohair, alpaca, yak, all being called wool uh, and related to Wovember. And it's it's not just once a year that we need to change our thinking about wool. It's fantastic that so many people have been engaged with what we're doing, but for some people, it, the understanding is not there and we have a fantastic blog and an archive at wovember.com for anyone who's, who's not sure but the about page there is a fantastic way of knowing exactly what we talk about when we talk about promoting wool and what wool means. Alpaca and goat fibre and hair make terrific yarns. I Don't get me wrong. Have them in my stash. Love them. You add sheep wool to those blends of fibres and mm, yummy, wonderful. But there is a difference between yarn and wool. All wool is yarn, but not all yarn is wool. A yarn is a spun thread. That's the definition for knitting, weaving and crochet. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wool. And I feel that the wool shops, and I use quotation marks there uh, of our past which only really sold acrylic and baby wool which had no wool in it and no babies in it either i think this is partially possibly to blame for our general misuse of the term wool when it comes to talking about a yarn but we get annoyed when we see something called wool say a sweater in the store And then we discover there's little or no actual wool content. Terms like wool rich or wool blend are a bit more acceptable. But for me, it's really not acceptable to call something wool, knitted fabric or yarn, if it's not actually wool in the content. Again, with the past of wool shops and things, we can see where the misunderstanding might have come from, but we can definitely try to correct that and change how we use the term when it comes to yarn and be a bit more um, conscientious, because it's evident each November that more and more people engage with wool and what we're trying to do, but you know, again, how deep is that engagement when we call acrylic wool and tag Wovember? It's it's a bit of a shame. I'm very happy to see people using wool and very happy that Wovember can also see commercial engagement for lots of small wool businesses because that's an important thing too. But it, it's quite hard when... Businesses who aren't creating wool use Wovember for a commercial engagement. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword really, but I have to say this year more than ever, there has been a little bit more of the waving acrylic finished objects and tagging it Wovember and tagging it wool. And I really, really would like everyone to sort of reevaluate the terms that you use for what you knit with. As I say, all sheep's wool can become yarn, but not all yarn can be called wool. Anyway, we know what wool is, so let's get exploring. Oh, my word, you guys, your wool exploration enthusiasm is <laughs> awesome. Oh, my goodness. Thank you times a million to those of you who've been in touch and tweeted and shared around the hashtag wool exploration and told your friends about it. It's wonderful. I posted about North Ronaldsay. Uh, and our wool exploration into that breed uh, after the last episode. And I know lots of you are already cracking on with your swatches. Miss Ramsey Baggins, she's, she's leading the way, by the way. If you follow Pip, who is Ramsey Baggins, on social media, she's she's doing it. The force is strong with that one. I think she's done all of her swatches for the first quarter. So I, I tarted up the swatch guidelines a little bit. These are the guidelines that we used for the breed swatch along and um, they're linked in that post for the North Royalty, and they're also linked in the Wool Exploration North Royalty Ravelry thread and I'll pop them in the show notes for this episode too. What I forgot to do and I had good intentions of doing was adding on the back page a uh, section for if you were hand-spinning your wool as it's good for our own records and i really hope that you know this these sheets will be a great reference for ourselves and you know something that we can look back on as well as for helping us to construct our reviews so if you are hand spinning do obviously use the white space on the back of that page to talk about the spinning process it would be really wonderful to know what how you spun it and how you found it um to spin, I'm excited that I chose North Z as our first yarn, as it can be so diverse. Uh, you know, it may come, it might, it may be a yarn that is mixed. It may contain guard hair. It may have had the guard hair removed. You know, the guard hairs can be different in the different natural colours that there are. There are lots of natural colours. You can choose dyed if you want to. Um, You know, you may be spinning it. You may be using, as I say, dyed wool. There is so much to discover about this breed. So do you think you want to join in with us and explore North Ronaldsea? procure your or fibre. There are links in that North Royalty post um, with information. And don't forget that Isla at Brit Yarn has a fantastic discount code, not just for North Royalty, but for everything in her shop. For Knit British listeners, it's knit British 96 uppercase, and you'll get 10% off at the checkout. Although I've been reminded to say don't try and do that on a mobile phone because for some reason the discount code box doesn't show up on a mobile phone so if you want to shop at Brick Yarn and use that code do use a tablet or your laptop or a computer Uh, so once you've procured your wool or fiber you have to knit or crochet a big swatch no four by four rubbish I want to see a big swatch and it doesn't have to be square I hardly ever knit square swatches these days but I want to see a big swatch you can use any pattern garter stitch or stockinette but also think about what that yarn might look good in and find a pattern there is a reason why I've asked for a stitch dictionary for Christmas (laughs) Um, use the swatch guidelines to test your wool to frame your review how does it knit what are your initial thoughts how does it wash block and wear etc etc Transfer those notes to your Ravelry project page for the swatch, um, put up lots of pictures and keep chatting in the thread about your exploration and post in there once you've reviewed. Now, the deadline for reviews is the 28th of December. There will be a deadline for all of our um, breed reviews in the wool exploration in 2018 because I need time to collate the information before it's recorded and put on the show. I spun with my North Royal and I was a bit trepidatious for a few reasons because, well, my bliss could do with a new drive band. It's a little slack. And I wasn't really sure what the best way to go about spinning it was. But thanks to Elaine the Hill, she pointed me in the direction of the two of British Fleece threads on uh, Ravelry and there's one on North Royal Sea. And it seems like there's lots of great ways to spin it. And so I spun from the fold and guess what? No sneezing or itching, like I told you about last time when I knit with the knit with the North Royalty before. So I'm very pleased that I'm not allergic to it. I do applied it, and once I give it a wash, I'll take some pictures for the show notes. But I'm quite pleased with it. And I also have some old swatches of North Royalty, because I was going through my swatches the other day. Um, I had actually because I'd had that tough time with the North Royalty before, I'd actually asked a friend to knit the swatches for me um, and I used them for the swatch sessions that I did at Edinburgh Iron Festival. So I actually have older swatches and I have one that's not been washed or blocked and I have one that's been washed and blocked a few times. So this is also a really good opportunity. If you explored... North Rhonsey in the breed swatch long a couple of years ago. It would be really great if you wanted to wash block and wear that again and revisit the older swatch and add to you know add to your review like add to uh, you know update your project uh, notes with with how it wash blocks and wears and post in our new thread about it. It would be fantastic to know um, a little bit more about your further exploration if you took part in the breed swatch long. Uh some people are asking me about, about swatching, and I often do knit a very small two by two swatch just to remind me what the wool feels like before it's wash blocked and worn. It's, it's a really good little reminder. Uh lots of you talking about making blankets uh with this wool exploration. I think that is incredible, and you know what? There are lots of breeds of sheep in the British Isles and this wool exploration will probably expand much longer than 2018. So um, I will be fascinated to watch our collective progress and exploration on this. I cannot wait and I can't wait to see some blankets emerging too. It's time to meet our woolly mucker, Anthea Willis. I spoke to Anthea the other week and gosh, it's always so lovely to connect with our woolly muckers like this. Here are Anthea and I having a good old chin wag, and Anthea answers the woolly mucker questionnaire. Listen out for intrusive and moaning cats on my end. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. So how are you? I'm,
1: I'm, um, I'm okay. I have a bit of back problems at the moment. Oh, no. Oh, no, just sciatica. It's, uh... Oh, I, I've i had that. It's, you have my empathy. That's a
0: horrible thing. It's,
1: it's not nice. It's not nice. It's. Be- I'm better today. I was really bad yesterday, but um, today seems to be better. Lots of knitting and tea. Good. Seems to help. That's what's in order. I, what, know, what have you been knitting today? To? Today I have been um, uh, finishing off a couple of cowls I'm knitting for a friend of mine who runs um, a, a dress shop. She's a tailor and she's just launching her, her own little range of um, ready-to-wear and she asked me to knit some cowls to match. So I've just been finishing those off today. How lovely. I also cast off my um, son's jumper. And what, where did you make that in? Oh, that was uh, West Yorkshire Spinner's Air Valley Aaron.
0: Cannot go wrong with that. You, you can't. just can't.
1: And it's a flax and you can't go wrong with that either. Perfect. Uh, so, so he has a nice green and grey stripy flax drying, blocking as we speak. Um, he wants to wear it now, but it still works. <laughs> <laughs> that's like every knitter
0: wants to <laughs> once you finish something and then get on the, like, wrangle on the blocking mat, and then you're like, how soon before I can wear it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be
1: fair, I mean, until a few years ago, I never blocked anything for that very reason. <laughs> as soon as I passed it off, I was like, oh, no, I want to wear it now.
0: <laughs> I'm having this. Yeah, it's like, that, that's excruciating, isn't it? When you're just like, see it lying there getting drier and drier but not quite ready to wear <laughs> did you have a little think about our, our questions
1: I did I did I've been racking my brains trying to remember the first thing I knit and it was it's so long ago I was about five or six when I learned to knit my mum taught me well, actually I think my nan actually taught me my mum was a knit was the knitter but I think it you know she had babies to look after and stuff and I'm pretty certain it was my nan that actually taught me how to knit but both my mum and my dad are knitters brilliant so I kind of grew up being surrounded by wool and knitting constantly and my my mum was the workhouse knitter she used to knit all the school jumpers and um stuff like that my dad was a bit more of an art knitter he was very much into like k facet amazing oh and he he just created some wonderful wonderful pieces and um, my mum still wears quite a lot of them you know 30 40 years down the line that's amazing so did you just know that it was going to be in the blood to, to uh, love yeah knitting? I think so it is just you know I've always loved it I mean I had a got to my sort of mid-teens and fell out of love with it for a while but for quite a long while actually thinking about it <laughs> well what made you come back to it if I can ask after I'd had my son I was about 36 I, I picked up a bit of knitting beforehand but I really got back into it with, with gusto then I think I had more time to to actually sit and enjoy it I um I was getting that, that Molly makes magazine at the time and um I'd spotted something in there about um, a company called Wall and the Gang which I'd never heard of before and um, I went on their website and they were just about to launch their Gang Labs competition where they were looking for new designers. And I thought, I can do that. I can have a go at that. So we did. <laughs> and I designed a blanket for them and it won the competition. That's amazing. And uh, so it's now on sale as one of their kits that they sell. And that's when I really got back right back into it again. And I was like, you know,
0: I can do this. This, this is great. How wonderful. That's a lovely way back into it to be like fully, you know, fully flung into yeah. the whole world of knitting. I'm going to enter this competition. i can <laughs> do like... this. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that tot- I totally segued off that first question there. <laughs> and it like jumped from your from age five to age thirty-six. But yeah, t- so tell me about this this what you knitted when you were five, if you can remember. I, I, I remember having the um you know the
1: Ladybird book of knitting. Oh yeah, they've re- republished them all recently, haven't they? So, yeah. And I I remember seeing it in, in Waterstones I remember I had that book. I and there was a a pencil case in it I'm sure I made the pencil case (laughs) and I can remember my mum buying me um um like a kit to knit which is quite funny as she had so much wool around the place I was quite can't remember why she bought me this kit but it was um a little blue and white striped garter stitch waistcoat and it was just knit it's like a, a square for the back and and two rectangles and then you just like sew the shoulders and you leave a gap for the arms and and i was so i really really wanted to make this and i i can't remember if i ever
0: actually finished it or not <laughs> fully flung again into into a garment I'm just gonna make a garment not gonna i'm not gonna start easily i'm just gonna make, <laughs> go right into garment making <laughs> you don't, so that doesn't exist that's not yes. in, in in existence in the attic anywhere. No, though. not as far
1: as I'm aware. Well, We've moved house many times, so I'm sure I'm sure it probably got lost somewhere along the line along the line or as I say, I can't even remember if I even finished it. But well, what was what was the first thing you can remember finishing then? Well, technically I didn't finish it, my dad finished it. But I was about I know. I was about thirteen and um as I said, my dad was really into like K facet stuff. So we had a lot of these books around the place, and he was always knitting up these wonderful things with a million colours in them. Wow. Um, I, was about, so I was about 12 or 13, and I really wanted to, to have a go. And um, I started the um, the poppies waistcoat that Kay Fassett designed. And it's you basically took two groups of colours, and you had your background colour and your poppies colours, and you made these huge magic balls with Ooh. them. Loads and loads of length, and I was allowed to go through my my mum and dad's wall stash, and and pick out all the colours and put them together, and then you just knit with these two balls, and the result was just the most amazing stripe, multi coloured waistcoat, with the with his poppies design on it. And um, wow, I, I started it, and I think I knit one front and half the back, and then I got bored, as you <laughs> do when you're fourteen, or whatever. <laughs> And my dad finished it off,
0: but I still have it and I still wear it. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, you'll have to show me a picture of you of you in it or of of it flat. That would be awesome to see that. And another waistcoat as well. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a really special project as well, because then like getting to choose yarn from your mum and dad's stash as well. That's pretty Oh yeah. Pretty special, it's all beautiful, beautiful yarns, I say, because my dad always
1: liked to do to choose the yarns that were suggested in the pattern, so he had lots of Shetland wall lots of shetland colors and uh, lots of rowan
0: chenille i think was a big thing back then and oh, yes i can remember the yeah. chenille yarns i don't know if you still get i suppose you probably do still get those kind of yarns i'm sure they're like languishing in an acrylic shop somewhere <laughs> some kind of <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> fancy yarns that's what we call them isn't it uh-huh Fancy Nob- yarns. Novelty yarns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then fast fast forward from that Poppy's waistcoat to what was the last thing that you cast off?
1: The last thing I cast off was um a flax jumper for my son. Lovely, and you're telling me that was West Yorkshire Spinners. That was. It's the Air Valley Aaron, um in like charcoal grey and emerald green. He picked the colours himself. Oh nice! So it's a um, oh. nice stripy spiffy sweater he's 9 now so i mean I've, i always you know try knitting one every year and um, this is the first time i've knitted one in like good wool so <laughs> he's, he's old enough now that he can have good
0: wool <laughs> yeah quite right and and west york spinners it's it's such a favorite of so many knitters because it's knits up fantastically yeah. and you can fling it in the washing machine and it... i'm looking forward to seeing how well it wears i've knitted
1: Um, knit him uh, an adult size extra uh, extra small Um, he's quite lanky he's only nine but he's he's already like five foot tall and stuff so (laughs) I I, I decided to go for the adult size one but I love especially because you can make them bigger so much easily because because they're knit in one piece so if the sleeves get a bit short I can just unravel and add a few more inches and as long as he doesn't fill out in the chest
0: too much it should last him for a few years so okay then so this is my favorite question i love this because you get such a lot of uh, of different replies so if if there is one yarn and one pattern that you don't necessarily need to use together but you feel that must people must know about it it's your your desert island picks what would they be i
1: thought really long and hard about this one um <laughs> i've actually got two yarns and one of them is the um jamesons of shetland spindrift
0: oh that's been such a popular choice
1: with the muckers I absolutely adore that yarn i just love the way it feels i love the way it knits up and the colors they're just just so many
0: beautiful beautiful colors yeah
1: um also Again, it's one of the yarns that my dad used a lot in his colour work when he did all the Kath Bassett stuff. Um, he used a lot of the Shetland wool, and I think it kind of has that special kind of feel for me. It's just a bit of a nostalgia as well about it. But it's so a connection like, as well. connection, it's a, yeah. yeah. I, I love using it. I really do. Um, the other yarn... Um, is the knitting goddess's Brit Sock. Oh yes. I absolutely adore that wool because I'm I'm not a big sock knitter. I've I've knit about half a dozen pairs of socks. Um a couple of them got severely shrunk when they got put in the washing machine by <laughs> mistake. And it kind of put me off a bit <laughs> um but Brit Sock is such a lovely yarn for, for everything i mean it knits up so beautifully and as long as you don't put it in the washing
0: machine with your other stuff <laughs> it is incredible brit sock was the sock yarn that made me knit socks yeah it was the combination of the right right vanilla vanilla sock pattern and the right amazing sock yarn it was like an eye-opener it was so fantastic and i have made other things in brit sock but it's, it's an amazing sock yarn. And it's, you know, all of those fantastic fibres, it's cleverly put together yarn. And,
1: and it, it's just so beautifully soft.
0: It doesn't feel like
1: another sock yarn. It, it, it feels, it's just so woolly. <laughs> it's so woolly and soft and warm and lovely. And the colours that she does are incredible. And I have far too many skeins in my basket and and they (laughs) they get put into other things I you know if I'm doing a jumper that's that needs four colors you know there'll be at least one Brit sock in there somewhere (laughs) but it it wears it wears so well and... and have you designed in both of those yarns then um not yet um I would like to definitely with Ooh. the Brit sock. I can see that going and in, going into um, big snuggly shawl
0: or something it would be beautiful. That uh, would be um, lovely. That's a pretty good desert. Oh God, yeah, I'll allow I'll lie. Both of those. <laughs> I don't think. I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody who said. You know, when I've asked for one, I've been able to give me just one yarn choice. It's like, well, it's either this one or this one. So I'm having both. <laughs> we could have given you half a dozen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so hard. It's like when someone says, what's your favourite breed wool? You know, I, that's, that's like Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> We've totally gone off piece and I forgot to ask we you are. about your, your, your pattern, your, your um, <laughs> desert island pattern. Well
1: again, um quite a hard choice i couldn't think of just one pattern, so I have gone for the tin can knits simple collection Oh, amazing because because it's well it's free, which means a lot of people who never tried anything like that are more likely to pick it up um, and and it's got everything in it you need. You've got a cardigan, you've got jumpers, you've got hats, you've got gloves, you've got socks, and the patterns are just so well written. And I love the fact that everything they do goes from like teeny teeny size to like you know bigger than you'll ever need
0: size. <laughs> and it really is everything. And in a within a whole wardrobe of accessories and things, you've got yeah. knitting in the round, short rows, turning yeah. the heel.
1: They're they're so accessible, and and they are. They're, they're they're workhorse patterns
0: yeah there's nothing yeah. um unnecessary about them but they're still beautiful and i think uh, you know totally aside from all that to be able to uh, uh, maintain a working relationship when one of you lives in edinburgh and one of you lives in canada is awesome <laughs> <It's>, you <laughs> know it's, it's, yeah. it's, a te- it's a real testament to making it work and, and again if you if you were flung on a desert island as well as well as as well as letting everyone know about all of the patterns and shouting loudly about it to for the other knitters to know if you were flung on a desert island you would be sorted with that simple collection oh definitely with your blanket hat
1: yeah you
0: know? yeah everything, everything you need is there you could probably even with all of that information you could probably fashion a hammock of some description you know with the knowledge that you've learned
1: <laughs> oh imagine that a, um, a Brit sock hammock oh my word yeah I think it,
0: I think that would be incredible I can see that slung between two palm trees <laughs> oh that's lovely thank you so much anthe for coming on and thank you for for sponsoring the podcast uh, no it's problem. been two questions it could really you know be a quick thing but it always you know makes such a lovely big conversation that encapsulates (laughs) so much and so it's it's been wonderful and thank you for enabling that. It's it's a pleasure it's a
1: pleasure to be to be a part of it really I mean I've been listening to your podcast probably about 18 months two years and you've really encouraged me to look at British wool and knit with British wool and explore it and and I've become a bit of a yarn snob over the last couple of years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No you're a wool explorer. (laughs) Oh Anthea thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and I just loved that um the feeling that I that I got when she was talking about getting to choose yarn from her parents' stash to make something with. It's like sweeties, isn't it? Picking sweeties out of a shop. If you had all money in the world, what would you choose? And if you had all the yarn in the world, that's really lovely. And Anthea sent me a picture of the waistcoat that she uh, was talking about there, the Fast K Facet waistcoat. And it's utterly glorious absolutely fantastic I'll put a picture in the show notes so you can see it it is a thing of utter beauty and Anthea said it's got me thinking about making another one in colours that more reflect who I am now or maybe even designing something inspired by it that's incredible Anthea thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you so much for supporting the Knit British Podcast We are getting very close to the 100 episodes. The 100th episode will be going out I think on the 12th of January and there's going to be a little chat, Eat Drink Day in Edinburgh and unfortunately the places are, are all assigned for that now. Um, you might remember I had a a little form that you could fill in your interest if you could come, and now I have booked a venue, and there will be lots of fun things happening. I'm really, 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 really <laughs> silly excited. Our 100 episode jumper bunting has been coming in all over, from all over uh, the world, and I'm oh, it's it's fantastic. So for anyone who doesn't know. We've been knitting little jumpers. There's a link in the show notes and there's also a one hundred episode bunting thread, chat uh, chat thread in the Knit British group where the, the pattern is also there. There was the there was the suggestion that we should make something for the celebrate one hundred episodes and bunting was a great suggestion, but when I, I've been involved with bunting knits before and uh, organising bunting for the Shetland Library. wool week and I always thought it was so fantastic when someone had thought outside the box and done a bunting that wasn't triangular shaped and so I said let's not have a triangle bunting, let's think of something else and there's a fantastic mini sweater uh, pattern by Sue Stratford for Save the Children which was for Christmas Jumper Day um, which which was a few years ago now and um, so we're using that pattern Uh, it's double knit and it takes a couple of hours to knit, and they're fantastic. And they're they've been coming in thick and fast. And if you want to join in, please do. I would just be delighted to see what you knit. It doesn't have to be natural. It can be dyed. It can be you go off piece with the design as long as it's about the same size. I don't care. It's wonderful. So go over to the Knit British Travels group and join the bunting chat, and we will. Um, see how many we've got at the 100 episodes. Get see about stringing them up, and then hopefully we'll also have them in the podcast lounge at Edinburgh Yarn Festival in March. It'll be wonderful talking of podcast lounge. You might if you if you subscribe to the Blacker Yarns newsletter you might have read that we are having another podcast. We did this last year. It was for anybody who was either coming to Edinburgh Yarn Festival or wanted to feel part of Edinburgh Yarn Festival even though they couldn't be there. And we had... A cal where you could knit anything you wanted, but it must be in blacker yarns. And it was so popular in the run up to Edinburgh Yarn Festival last year. It was a real, it was a real fantastic way of joining together people. And you know, we knitted our time towards Edinburgh Yarn Festival together, and it was lovely. So more information on that on the next podcast. But. I want you to start thinking about what you'll make and which blacker yarns you're going to use. So, you know, maybe ask for a blacker yarns gift vouchers uh, for your Christmas presents this year. You know, something something like that would be, would be a good um, motivator for joining in, wouldn't it? So that's everything for this episode. I hope you're all well. I hope you're all hale and hearty and woolly and warm. And it's always fun brilliant to do this podcast for you. I love doing it and uh, you know I love hearing of how you listen and enjoy the podcast so do join the Knit British Ravelry group if you haven't already and do take part in on our conversations there. It's a great community. Take very 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 good care. Uh, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more visit www. www.knitbritish.net you can email me Louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dew
1: is just a
0: little heavier than usual tonight. Really? From where I stand, the sun is shining all over the place.